my gosh, we're back at it again. And finally, I have all of the talent with me. I got Keone. What's up? And Ryan. What up, guys? I'm, of course, your host, Big Gang, your boy, JJ. And this is the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. Producer Ian is also with us on the ones and twos today. Super hot, boy. (laughs) Today, we're going to run over some free agency recap, and then we're going to do more free agency recap. So this first um, wave of recap, we're just going to run through some important signings for fantasy, update you guys on where players are landing, and maybe a quick thought on some of them. Then we're going to go into more into depth on a 15-player list the top 15 guys we wanted to talk about for fantasy. So let's get into it. First free free agent. The first free agency recap. Here we go. First quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky going to the bills to back up Josh Allen one year, $2.5 million. Not a whole lot to talk about there. Jacoby Brissett to the dolphins one year, $5 million going to back up Tua. Not a lot to talk about there. Cam Newton, he is staying with the Patriots. One year, $5.1 million base salary. He might be the starter there. Unless they draft someone, we're going to have to wait and see. But as of right now, Cam Newton is the starter in New England. He he is rich, if you didn't know. As as that kid found out, he is rich. Yes. Uh, Brandon Allen, he's staying with the Bengals. One year, $1.5 million to back up Joe Burrow. We'll see what Burrow's injury does as we get further along in this offseason. Last on the quarterback list, Tyrod Taylor is going to the Texans on a one-year $5.5 million deal. And with all this Deshaun Watson news, who knows what's going on in Houston. So keep an ear out, keep an eye out, keep listening to us. Um, Yeah, because Tyrod Taylor might be the starter in Houston to start week one. Triple T. All right, let's move on to running backs. Malcolm Brown's going to the Dolphins one year, $1.75 million. Tevin Coleman to the Jets one year, $1.1 million. And he might be the starter there. I love that so, move. I'm all over. I got Coleman. I got Coleman stock and it's going right up. Oh, um, all right. All right. So I, I don't know how I feel about that one yet. Same offense as he ran with the 49ers and the Falcons. If he stays healthy, he's the most talented back. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to draft one too, by the way, but sorry, go. Mark Ingram is going to the Texans on a one year, $3 million deal. Locker room hype man. I think that's all he's going to be there. Marlon Mack, he's back at it again with the Colts. One year, $2 million. You know, coming off, the, coming off an Achilles tear, that's... Uh, I think it's a good deal for him, but there must be something in the water in Indy. I don't know if it's like the Indy 500 that everybody just loves it or something, but like both him and T Y Hilton stayed. So they just must have something. Well, you got to think about it. That's one of the best offensive lines in the off in the NFL. So to be a running back coming off an Achilles tear, which is a brutal injury for a running back, it would be nice not to get hit in the backfield. So that's that's a good point. And then and then he'll be a free agent next year again, and hopefully he'll prove that he's worth the money this year, and he'll get paid next year. Ryan's man, Carlos Hyde, is going to the Jaguars. Two years, six million dollar deal, backing up James Robinson, stealing touchdowns. Ooh, all he does. stealing touchdowns. Fall over the goal line. That old, <laughs> that old Legarrette Blunt roll. I like it. All right, let's move on to some wide receivers. Emmanuel Sanders is headed to the Bills on a one-year, $6 million deal, replacing John Brown, getting a vet on that team. Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne are both going to the Patriots. Good for them. Good for them that they got deals. Get that bread. Keelan Cole is going to the Jets. Five ye- or One year, $5.5 million. Imagine if Keelan Cole got a five-year contract. <laughs> That would be wild. Off that one-handed catch. That's all it was. <laughs> just, just that one-handed crazy catch. Five years. Rashard Higgins is going back to the Browns on a one-year deal. 
big one. Sammy Watkins is going to the Ravens on a one year, $5 million deal. Him and uh, Hollywood Brown going to split some, split that uh, wide receiver group. Willie Sneed left. So he went to the Raiders. Uh, Philip Dorsett is going to the Jaguars. Josh Reynolds is going to the Titans. The aforementioned John Brown is going to the Raiders. John Ross to the Giants. Rashad Perriman to the Lions. Tyrell Williams to the Lions. David Moore to the Panthers. AJ Green to the Cardinals on a one-year $6 million deal. Good. So that way he just doesn't have to move after retiring because he old. Just (laughs) already going. He's working where people retire. He's just going to stay there. I like it. Deshaun Jackson, he's another guy that I don't know. He's going to retire soon too, but he's going to the Rams. Going to go live out the prime of his career in LA under the lights. (laughs) All right. uh, That'll do it for the wide receivers. Let's move on to some tight ends. Jacob Hollister to the Bills one year. Good for him. Anthony Ferks. Oh, what's up? One wild fact. Play with Josh Josh Allen at Wyoming, 2016 together. I he might be going over Dawson Knox. Ooh, see, that's the only thing is they still have Dawson Knox there, so I don't know how they're going to split that that tight end room. Anthony Ferkser is back with the Titans. Johnny Smith left, so we'll see who's tight end one there. The Raiders love Derek Carr so much that they were like, we need as many guys as we can with as close of a name as we can to Derek Carr. John Gruden said, go get him. And so they went out and they got Derek Carrier on a one year, $1.2 million deal. I can't, I I can't wait till next year when they get Derek (laughs) Carriest. Jared Cook is going to the Chargers on a one year deal. He's going to, hopefully catch some touchdowns if he can hold on to the ball. Kyle Rudolph to the Giants, two-year deal. He has not dropped a ball in two seasons now. Um, So watch out, Evan Ingram. Dan Arnold to the Panthers. Rob Gronkowski is back with the Super Bowl winning Buccaneers on a one-year deal. And Gerald Everett is going to the Seahawks on a one-year $7 million deal. And I think that one's one of the biggest tight end ones. For fantasy, I agree. That has that could kind of vault him up into the top 10 if he can get some red zone looks. Some uh, Russell Wilson receptions. Yeah. I was going to say, I think also with Gronk going to, to the Bucks, I think their entire roster at least like is there from last year. All they're missing is Antonio Brown. Who I, has, has he signed yet or is... No. No. no? Okay. And, but I don't think they're going to be able to bring him back just because of money. So, And I don't think they need him. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Almost all of their starters are returning. All right. That'll do it for that that quick free agents recap. Now let's get into our list of 15. So we're going to go more in depth on this list. So let's just get right to it. Number 15, running back Kenyon Drake is headed to the Las Vegas Raiders on a two-year, $11 million contract. So none of us thought Drake was going to be a lead back wherever he went. If you listen to the previous episode maybe you did ryan i don't know but josh jacobs finished as the running back eight last season with Kenyon drake now headed to las vegas is josh jacobs still a top 12 12 running back an rb1 this season the easy answer is no not like if you look at the last two years for josh jacobs and the last two years for Kenyon drake they are actually crazy similar but the one thing that's Extra, extra similar. They both have zero receiving touchdowns, right? The fact is that Josh Jacob needs a lot of work. Ken Drake needs a lot of work. They're not going to get a lot of work with the offensive line that traded away to three starters and now is revamping. I, I think that Josh Jacobs falls to RB number RB two, like late RB two. And I think Kenyon Drake is a flex play. Because it all just depends on who has the hot hand. I agree with that. I don't think Drake... I mean, I agree with most of it. Um, I don't think Drake eats into Jacob's touches that much. I think that they're going to try to utilize him in different ways. Josh Jacobs will still be the guy in this team. But top 12 is just too high. I got him in my top 24. Like Ryan said, he's an RB2. But top, top 12 is too high. 
see, I, I, I'm going to be the point of disagreement then. So I, I think he can be the, the a top 12 guy. Um, I don't think I would maybe necessarily get him in like the first round, but if he, if I can get him in the second round, I'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, because running backs typically tend to go first in yeah. fantasy drafts. Um, but he is more of that kind of workhorse back. And I believe Gruden has said that he kind of wants Kenyon Drake to be the passing back in that backfield. So he wants to get him involved in that passing game. So I figured that can be, they can have kind of a dynamic sort of like Gibson and McKissick in Washington. I mean, that's, I guess the ideal scenario for that situation, but I think Rudum is really up on him on Kenyon Drake. And I don't think he'll really, really eat too much into um, Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah. His workload. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have him like as RB 13 to RB 17 range. No, like, so I can, I can compromise to there. Yeah. No, no, yeah, not all the way back at like 22 to 24 or so. Okay. I, you're just saying second tier. I got you. Yeah. My, yeah. My thing about Kenyon Drake is, I mean, he only had 25 receptions last year in, in a creative offense. I don't think that he can do a lot of roles. I mean, you got to think about his last touchdown reception was with Adam Gase. He is a back that needs to run. Is not it, He is not a guy that can get a lot of receptions. The Raiders don't care. <laughs> the Raiders do not care. They don't care what you did in the past. They don't care what you're doing for them. They, they are going to put you wherever they want you, wherever they want you, even, even if it's not the best spot for you. So, Keone, where do you have Kenyon Drake then? Where do you kind of got Ryan's feel? I have Kenyon Drake is kind of like if I'm going to stick with that, him being able to like do the be the passing back, like and mm-hmm. like to the best of that ability. I put him in running back like two or running back three, probably more closer to like running back three, mm-hmm. like that borderline. Yeah, I have him as even later, like a late running back three. Like, I don't know, 100 to 125 carries, 35 receptions. 800 to 900 yards and he'll get in the end zone a couple of times. I think that puts him late running back three range. Yeah. I've definitely filled both my running back spots before I get him. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Unless the board is completely devastated and I kind of have to get him at that point. All right. Let's move on to number 14. Andy Dalton quarterback. He is going to the Chicago bears on a one year, $10 million deal. And the Bears put it out on Twitter. He is their QB1. 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 Andy Dalton is what he's always been, and that's average. He's finished in the top 12 quarterbacks twice in his career. He was quarterback 12 in 2012 and quarterback 5 in 2013. So seven seasons ago. At best, he'll be a quarterback streaming option this year. You guys agree with that? Yes. Late QB streamer. I'm talking about like everybody gone QB streamer. Oh, no, no, no. I'm I'm saying not drafted QB streamer. <laughs> yeah. He's like you find that you find that pocket of the season where it's very favorable for him. And you're like, oof, I've had injuries. So then you have to put you have to be like, well, Andy Dalton's available. So. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, too. But David Montgomery and Allen Robinson, on the other hand, they were running back four and wide receiver 12 last season. So how are they affected by this Andy Dalton signing? Is it a positive, negative? Is it staying the same? Kenny, we'll start with you this time. I think he's kind of in the same range as Tur- Turbisky, where he's kind of a quarterback. I don't know if he's like the court. He's, he's definitely not like the quarterback you, you're going to have for the future. And he's sort of a journeyman. But I think the Red Rocket Andy Dalton has enough ability <laughs> at least comparable to Trubisky and we saw what Montgomery and Robinson did with Trubisky at various times in the season so I think it's going to be a level on par to that if not better yeah I see that Ian we need to get a you know Red Robin they have that Red Robin yum we need to get a Red Rocket <laughs> but not the yum part we don't need to put that in there. 
gotta add a boo at the end. Red rocket boo. I like yeah. the um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree with you, Keone. I don't think much changes. Dalton is able to hit his back foot and throw a pretty decent ball, so that might help Allen Robinson out a little bit. Um, David Montgomery. I mean, Andy Dalton can turn turn around and hand the ball off pretty well. So as long as Montgomery can hit those holes, I don't think much changes from him to Mitch Trubisky. Brian, what about you? Uh, I agree. Like if you look at the stats last year, Dalton, Foles, and Trubisky were all crazy similar. All through eight interceptions, all had double-figure touchdowns. Like it's like 16, 14, and 10. Um, the main thing I think that's actually going to affect uh, Montgomery the most is, Co- is Charlie Cohen coming back. Because with Cohen, he was only getting three targets a game. And then when Cohen got hurt, he was averaging five targets a game. So I think that's the bigger thing that's going to affect Montgomery from losing that top four spot. Yeah. I don't Robinson think- used to average QBs. It's actually, he actually prefers it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't think Montgomery is going to be a running back one this season. I think the only reason he was up that high is because his set schedule was so soft at the end. Like the last eight games was just running back dream of a schedule. So I think he'll be a running back too, but I don't think that has anything to do with quarterback play. Number 13, Jamal Williams running back. He's going from the Packers to the Lions, staying in the division two years, $7.5 million. He finished as the running back 39 last season behind Aaron Jones. Garbage. (laughs) Now he'll be behind, he'll be second year or behind second year back. DeAndre Swift does Williams play the same role behind DeAndre Swift that he played behind Aaron Jones. And I think he does in a way where he is second fiddle. He can come in and get passing work. He's a great blocking back. But the thing is, is the lions are going to split the backfield more than the Packers did for the Packers. It was just Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams got 40% of the snaps there. So while, while uh, DeAndre Swift only got 38, but he led his team. So I don't know. I mean, if DeAndre Swift goes up to 42%, Williams is going to be behind that. So he's going to be getting less work than he did last year, I think, which will drop his numbers. Yeah, this, this is, this is an interesting one because kind of on the surface it's like I sort of compared him to Adrian Peterson and I feel like he would kind of fill that type of role for the Lions um but Adrian Peterson I think had like 30 or so almost 40 more touches than Williams did so that might be good for him but I think we all agree that the Lions are trash garbage yeah yeah and I so and I can see that going like two ways potentially one where they're just complete garbage throughout the season. And they're kind of reminiscent of that. Owen 16 team where they just get run on by everybody and they are just a di- abysmal and that just affects fantasy in every way, or they're still trash and it allows them to get a lot of garbage time points, or they're just going to be on like the field, you know, trying to get, trying to get points in the end of the game a lot of passing down work there you say for the running backs i don't think he's going to do a similar role because john j swift did his role last year if you think about it i mean he was the pass catching back and i think jamal williams is a better pass catcher than actual runner Do, do you think because that um because they have a change at quarterback that they're gonna have a similar like passing dynamic with the running backs or do you think because Stafford's gone and Goff is in, that is going to change a little bit? It might change a little bit, but I don't think it's going to change that much. I mean, Goff, I mean, Stafford is better than Goff, but Anthony Lynn's system still passed to the running backs a lot. I mean, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler got a bunch of receptions a couple of years ago. Austin Eckler got hurt, and those other two backs are good, but they weren't great. Yeah, I think there's going to be more passing down work for the running backs. Because Jared Goff can't 
throw the ball down the field very well. Anthony Lynn loves dumping the ball off to his running backs. So I think, I, I don't know, where where do you have him? Like running back three, running back four? Oh, yeah, I think he's like an RB4. Yeah, at that's best. where I have him too. Yeah. Running back four. Yeah, he's a late draft guy. You're kind of sit on your bench for probably a good portion of the year unless like DeAndre DeAndre Swift gets injured. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's move on to number 12. Philip Lindsay, another running back. He's going to the Texans on a one-year $3.25 million deal. So now there's three running backs in Houston, David Johnson, uh, Mark Ingram, and now Philip Lindsay. We put a poll out on Twitter. Who's the best back for fantasy in Houston this season? The results are in. 64% of you guys said Philip Lindsay. 20% said David Johnson. 16% said Mark Ingram. My question for you guys is, what round are you willing to take Philip Lindsay? Ryan? Nine. Somewhere around there. I mean, we just talked about Detroit's offense being horrible. If Watson does not play, this Texan offense is going to be worse. And I don't know if they're ever going to run the ball. And they're, Lindsay and Ingram aren't great pass catchers. This might actually help Johnson a little bit more. I mean, if they ever get a lead, Ingram is the guy. But who knows if that's going to happen. See, I think you hit on something there. Like, for me, it's kind of like a catch-22. Because, yes, the Texans' offense is just a black hole that people have un- the unfortunate business of miss- of like going to during this free agency. And... Yeah, Watson's whole status is up in the air, so that completely changes things. But my catch-22 about it is, yes, he's going to a really bad offense and a really bad team. However, that means he's going to be the starter. So he's going to probably get the majority of the touches. So does the overwhelmingly bad aspect of the Texans like affect that too much, or is there some saving grace in him being the starter there. The thing is, my thought process is, I agree with you. Philip Lindsay is a pretty decent running back in the NFL. You know, he went over a thousand yards his first two seasons, had like 10 touchdowns and seven touchdowns in those years. Um, it's just, he got like over 40% of the work those two years. It was just him and Royce Freeman pretty much. And we know Royce Freeman is not great. So, I don't, I mean, I think he'll get the workload, but I don't know if he's going to get that 45% because he's going to need more than the 40%, 45 to 50% workload on this Texans team to make him relevant enough. I mean, I have him as a late RB3 before Jamal Williams for sure, because he will be that starting back, but still taking him, taking him late in the draft. I agree round nine or so. Okay. I had him like, I'm probably the, the most, the highest with like round five or six, because I'm getting other positions set before I even like, he'll be a backup, but I think he's, I want him kind of as a high end backup. Interesting. I see him as, I think that there's going to be so many wide receivers that in that six to seven to eight rounds, I'll probably just take wide receivers and for a majority of those picks. Fair enough. Maybe this is more indicative of how I draft than it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all draft different. It's it's good to look at different ways of drafting. Do your thing. All right, let's move on to number 11, Jameis Winston. He is back with the Saints. One year, $5.5 million. Mr. 30 for 30 himself. I cannot wait for that ESPN to drop. Super hot, boy. The Saints also restructured Taysom Hill's contract. They're keeping him around. The Saints really have been a top offense since Drew Brees showed up in 2006. So with this high-powered offense Sean Payton runs, which quarterback is better for the offense from a fantasy perspective? Not an NFL perspective. Winston or Taysom Hill? And I already kind of got into this on the last episode. I think it's going to be Winston. He's going to let the thing fly. He's going to be throwing that ball. Hill would score more fantasy points himself, but Winston's going to score more fantasy points for Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and the rest of the Saints. What do you guys yeah, think? I, I, I agree with that. I think 
by having Winston as like the quarterback, one, it allows Taysom Hill to kind of go back to his sort of Swiss army knife role yeah, and be the guy who, when he goes on the field, you're not exactly sure what he's kind of going to do or how they're going to utilize him. Cause Sean Payton is, can get pretty tricky and crafty, but if he's the quarterback all the time, I think he gets figured out at least I'm going to say put like a, at best or at latest like by the middle point of the season like Mm -hmm. teams start to figure that out and so i think Jameis winston gives you that ability to kind of yeah that deep ball especially which is really important especially coming off last season where drew Brees couldn't do the deep ball um and the only thing is i think think like peyton and the saints really need to like talk to Winston this off season and put like a five to $10 million incentive in his contract to get under 20 interceptions. <laughs> and then hopefully he can perform to that. And they have a really good chance of, we're not making you shoot that high. All right. Just don't get 20, please. You know, Aaron Rodgers out here throwing four Patrick Mahomes on throwing five. Just don't throw 20. Yeah. That's all we're asking. We'll give you $10 million. (laughs) We don't care. We don't give a fuck if you make the playoffs or not. Just don't throw picks, please. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I think Hill, if he was a starting quarterback, could creep into the top 10. Like, just his points in general. Yeah. Because he rushes so well. I mean, he had four in his four starts. He had four rushing touchdowns. Um, But you're right. Winston can spread the ball. He'll hit Camaro on checkdowns. It'll be a lot better. Like, I think the first two games, Hill was a starting quarterback for the Saints. I think Camaro had less than two targets both games. And one of those mm-hmm. games, he finished with negative two yards. That's not the guy I want if I'm drafting AK in the first round top three picks. Give me Winston. Let me get AK. Michael Thomas, keep running your slants because that's all you could do. Mm-hmm. And we'll get, let's get a deep threat. Mm-hmm. Preach. I like it. All right, let's move on. Here comes our top 10, y'all. Here it goes. Number 10, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to the Washington football team. One year, $10 million. Fitzmagic is back in business, baby. You know, thumbs up for that. He's going into his 17th season on his ninth team. That's got to be close to a record. I mean, him and Frank Gore both fighting for that. I think the whole fantasy community has really fall, fallen in love with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And how could you not? Have you seen his beard? I mean, it's amazing. Goals. Yeah, really. Uh, much like Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick is willing to throw the ball to. I mean, he doesn't care where it's going, but he's going to be throwing it. They're drafting at 19 this season. They might take a quarterback there, but they might there might not be one left. So I think either way, Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter this season. It's going to benefit Terry McLaurin. It's going to benefit Antonio Gibson. It's going to benefit Ian Thomas. Or, I said Ian Thomas. He's he's on the Panthers. It's going to benefit. It's going to benefit Curtis Samuel. Um, yeah, Logan Thomas. Yeah, Logan Thomas and. Curtis Samuel, what do you guys so, think? Obviously, I don't think this is a this is sort of like a short term solution. Yeah, but I think out of all the quarterback possibilities in this free agency kind of off season, I think this is the best one, like by far. Um, besides maybe like Trubisky being a backup, but that's just <laughs> that's just the Bills being like really good at what they're doing right now. Um, but. Oh, yeah, I thought I you meant that, because it's Mitch Trubisky is no longer going to be playing football. That's why it's good. I mean, we no longer well. have to watch him on Sundays. So yeah, and I mean, it's it's good for Trubisky as well because he gets to be in the presence of Cole Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I think yeah, yeah I think Fitzpatrick. I think Fitzpatrick was the best move. Like this is one of those moves that I was immediately like, oh, this is this is good, and it was exciting. It's one of the like more exciting moves of the offseason in this free agency. And I think he does, yeah, like you said, he has the ability to get the ball downfield and kind of do what needs to be done to get them wins. And I like he's good enough to because the team the pieces around him are are 
all in place. Yeah, they're all there. I think they probably should draft a lineman, but I guess a quarterback would probably be good as well. Um, well, for me, I like the move. I put it on Twitter. Fancy awesomeness. It is going to be fancy awesome. I would not be surprised, though, if, you know, Fitz Master turns into Fitz Tragic, like it happens every season. I mean, the last time he started all 16 games was 2015 with the Jets. I mean, it's been a minute. Uh, the weapons are great. I hope the, I mean, the offensive coordinator is creative. I think this is a good move. I mean, am I drafting him? No, but I like the move. I think it's better for the overall team. It's a better football move. I just will not be surprised if Hineke will Heineke, whatever his name is, will come into the game sooner or later because fifth magic has three picks in the first quarter. You know, it's just going to happen. Yeah. But then Heineke is going to throw three picks in the second half and well, then Fitz, Fitz will Fitz be gets back. his dog back next, <laughs> you're right. next week. <laughs> but you're right. He's going to have those games where he's going to throw a bunch of picks because he's throwing the ball down the field. The person that really helps most is McLaurin. Yeah. I mean, I think it helps them all. I don't know which one it helps the most. Dude, he's been playing so, with noodle arms for the last two years. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, what if they would have got someone else? I don't know. It's all hypothetical. But yeah, it, it does help McLaurin. All right, let's move on to number nine. We kind of cheated on this one. Sorry, guys. We put two people in one. Jonu Smith to the Patriots, four years, $50 million, and Hunter Henry going to the Patriots, three years, $37.5 million. I think, in my personal opinion, these were the two biggest tight ends in free agency, and they both landed on the same team. Keone, what do you have to say about this? I... The Patriots made some really interesting moves this offseason. A lot and, of them. Yeah. because A lot of we, moves, not a lot of interesting moves. Uh, fair, fair enough. <laughs> they have made a lot of expensive moves. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the uh, adjective. Because like what you said, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar and Nelson, got yeah. paid. Yeah. And these guys got paid as well. And so I think they're trying to kind of like do nostalgia. And so they're trying to go back to an era like Gronk and Hernandez, mm-hmm. obviously, I think that's the this just the comparison that has to be made. And although hopefully one of these guys doesn't murder somebody, but um, I mean, just wish that for anybody. It just got hat and heavy on this podcast right now. Um, but I, I, I think I think it all depends sort of on Cam Newton because it's a good scheme, and they're both really talented tight ends. But it's just, do they have the right quarterback for that system that they seem to be trying to be put in place with that double tight end and sort of across the board wide receiver twos? Yeah. The 12 personnel, which is two tight end on two tight ends on the field. It seems like they're going to be running that a lot. The Patriots ran the ball the second most in the NFL last season behind the Ravens. They're getting two tight ends. They re-signed Cam Newton, who ran a lot in the red zone. They seem to be on that same track of running the ball. They just want to run it. You're right, Keone. I mean, these guys, both Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, were both in the top 12 in red zone targets uh, amongst tight ends last season with a combined 36, while all wide receivers and tight ends on the Patriots combined for 28 targets inside the red zone. Now, it's lucky that Henry and Smith are in the tight end position because the tight end position is abysmal for fantasy. So, I mean, you get in the end zone four times or so, that probably puts you in the top 12. The thing is, they both could have been high, high priced uh, tight ends for fantasy. And I think they're both going to be low tight end ones now. What do you got to say, Ryan? So, for me, if I'm picking, I want John U. Smith. But because of your touchdown point, that's why I think Hunter Henry will finish above John U. Smith. Right? The fact is, I assume that John U. Smith is going to be used a lot in between the 20s because he can run the ball. He can come out the back. I mean, come out the backfield. He can move. Hunter Henry is a red zone threat. Yeah. And, my, and the next thing about this is that I assume that the wide receivers with these two tight ends, 
It's just going to be the the Patriots running back problem we had all those years. You never know who's going to get off. It yeah. could be these John o. Smith and then Hunter Henry, and then all of a sudden Ossie Ossie comes out of nowhere for the third game, and he has two <laughs> touchdowns. And and I like that you, they're not. You're right. They're not a passing offense. I mean, look, Cam Newton last year literally couldn't throw the ball for like over 30 yards for some like whatever happened to him after COVID. If he wants to blame COVID, right? Uh, again, I think Hunter Henry though will be able to be in the top eight-ish, nine-ish in that range just because he'll get more red zone work. John Smith, I just, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if John Smith has a receiving touchdown and a, and a rushing touchdown in the game. But I just don't know if he is going to be the guy that you want on a weekly basis. Yeah, and like Keone made the reference to this being like Gronk and Hernandez, and we just have to get it out there right now. They're not going to be Gronk and Hernandez. They're not going to have Tom Brady throwing him the ball. They're not going to be on one of the best offenses in the leagues. Fantasy people, whoever's listening to this, don't expect that from them. I mean, everyone's going to make the comparison, but those guys were different. You, you want to know what this is? Yeah. And it, it's fitting. It's very fitting for this era. It's the TV remake of an old classic film. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Like they want to do it the exact same and it's just not as good, man. Just just no. updated the 2020 times. Yeah. yeah. 2021. Yeah, I got you. Make it live action. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Number eight on our list, Corey Davis. He's going to the Jets three years, $37.5 million. Coming off his best statistical season, he had 65 receptions, 984 yards and five touchdowns. The question is, can Corey Davis be a wide receiver one on an NFL team? And the answer is no, he can't be. I mean, the fact is, it's this contract year type of hype. You know, when you're entering a contract, you always got to start stunting out a little bit more. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you're, you're a fan of the Steelers, but Dupree just did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact is, he, he had a good year, right? But he's not going to be a number one on the Jets offense. I mean, I'm, I think it's going to be Crowder. I mean, he, Crowder's not number one either, but if it's, I don't know who they're going to pick, but if it's Darnold, Crowder's getting a lot of looks. And I know that Davis, I think, will do better than he did the first four years. I don't think he's going to go back to the first four year Davis. So I think he's more of a wide receiver three than anything else. Okay. I agree with that. Like, we saw him be the wide receiver one technically on the Titans for one season. And there was a lot of hype around him coming into the NFL, going into that season. And it just didn't pan out really like, and now he's going to the jets, which if Sam Darnold is going to be the quarterback, I'm not excited about. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you wide receiver three range. Hmm. Yeah. I, Cause like in terms of the team aspect, I think, him and Crowder are probably 1A, 1B to a certain extent where I think Corey Davis can kind of come in and be, if anything, like the really close second guy behind Crowder because only because there's that like relationship Darnold has with Crowder. And if Crowder can stay healthy, he probably should be the number one. But I think Corey Davis is more talented than the other guys on that team outside of Crowder. Um, but, but you make good points. Like going to the jets is always kind of a, a shaky move. And I think I believe more in Sam Darnold than you do JJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, want to believe in him, but it's still, it's always, it's the jets. So you never know. They're always have that chance to blow just everything that they get. So I like the move because Corey Davis is really talented and there's potential there but I also see your guys' arguments. And I'll say this is that I remember a lot of people were making excuses that he played in the um, AFC South and there's always a lot of co- good corners there. Well, he went to AFC East and they have probably three of the top 10 corners. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if he's the number one, he's getting shadowed by those three guys. He's going to have similar problems for six games. He's going to play Xavier Howard or Byron Jones, Stefan Gilmore. Davis White. <laughs> or White. Right, he's getting shut down. I mean, this is not. I'd be scared. I'd be here's, scared. 
here's the thing is why I think Jamison Crowder will be better for fantasy is because Jamison Crowder is going to be the possession wide receiver while Corey Davis will be the downfield or deeper wide receiver. And so I don't know. I, I don't like it that much. Yeah. Like um, Jamison Crowder definitely will have like around, I would say like an average of like nine receptions per game, ideally give or take. Yeah. And remember, this is going to be the 49ers offense, or like, well, not the 49ers offense, but a similar idea. It's going to be run heavy. They're going to yeah. run the ball. It's going to be play action based. And Lots I mean, of jet sweeps. they still have Denzel Mims on the team, who's also a deep threat. I, I just I really don't think that this is a, the guy we need, like the guy that you're trying to draft. All right, let's move on to number seven, Marvin Jones Jr. He's going to the Jaguars, two year, $12.5 million. He finished wide receiver 17 last year in half point PPR leagues. This is really a great landing spot for him for NFL reasons and for the Jags football team. But for fantasy, I think he's going to be the wide receiver three on that team now behind Chark, behind Chenault. James Robinson is coming out of the backfield. He's pretty decent catching the ball. So do I hear late round sleeper for Marvin Jones? like deep draft he can he can get stuff done he can he can get you some some weak winning points but i don't know if he can do much more than that for fantasy for me i think marvin jones might come out a little harder because the offensive coordinator for the jags was the offensive coordinator for the lions a few years ago so he already knows the system I think that might help him. I mean, I'm not saying he's not more talented than Shark or, or Chenault, but that might help him get a little head and be Trevor Lawrence's uh, little blanket because he already knows the offense and give him cues and stuff like that. And he's a vet, knows how to get open. I could see him being, you're right, maybe a sleeper, but he could have wide receiver two weeks, wide receiver one weeks. I think he comes out real hot. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He could have wide receiver one, wide receiver two weeks, exactly what you're saying, but it's just not going to be often because he will be behind Shark and Chanel. I, I have to uh, like tend to agree on with you guys on this point because I think the team will be, spent, will be pretty stacked, and especially since there's going to be definitely an uptick in the sales of uh, Beatle albums come in the fall because in Jacksonville, because here comes the sun, do-do-do-do. Sunshine coming to Jacksonville. We all know it. And, you know, big boost of vitamin D. And it's just they're building a solid team. (laughs) And... I he's got, he's going to be the wide receiver three on that team, but I I like the point that he's in the same system as a previous um, Lions coordinator or offensive structure, and <clears throat> I think there's points where like oh we kind of have a lot of times where people might shove like shove him off to the side and be like oh it's just Marvin Jones whatever, but then he kind of performs, so I do like that kind of sleeper aspect. Of, of him because he I think he goes against expectations when people kind of put him aside you love scoring four touchdowns in a game <laughs> like just randomly I'm just gonna score all all my touchdowns for this season in this one game so yeah yeah he's definitely gonna be someone that I'm targeting in the later rounds number six Juju Smith-Schuster he's going back to the Steelers on a one-year eight million dollar deal this team plays quick fast and that's just the way their offense ran last year it looks like it's going to be the same this year Ben Roethlisberger was getting the ball out of his hands at the fastest in the league he released the football in 2.29 seconds after the snap on average I mean they're just trying to get the ball out of his hands because he can't do much back there making making plays and stuff so what do you what do you guys think about this for Juju? For Juju, this is great. For everyone else on this Steelers offense, this is horrible. I thought really? Juju leaving, I thought it was going to be amazing for Johnson and Claypool, even though I thought Johnson was going to break out and Claypool was going to be um, worse. But man, that's a lot of targets that Juju's going to eat up again. 
I just, I thought he was gone for sure. I, I, I don't know. I didn't, this is like the first in a, the three-part series of boring free agency moves. <laughs> like I, I want excitement, you know, I want people to move around and go to different places and see new parts of the country. I don't know, you know, and ex- expand their horizons. And I know they travel. So that kind of defeats the whole, <laughs> but it, it is good. Cause he's going to get a, he's going to get a lot of targets. Like him and Johnson both had over a hundred targets each last season. And I don't expect that, expect that to be any different this season. However, I think just in terms of like Steelers, I think their kind of position in the AFC North is going to be kind of slowly slipping as like, at least after this season, because they're the other teams are kind of, I feel coming up like the Browns are definitely making moves and stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a good move for him now. And it'll be interesting to maybe come back to this next year at the same time for him. Yeah, he'll be a free agent again next year, so we'll see. I I don't I don't mind it. I mean, all three wide receivers, Juju, Johnson, and Claypool all finished in the top 24 last season. They all finished in the wide receiver two range. So I don't know why you hate it for the other receivers, Ryan. I mean, it's not like he's gonna eat into their targets more. No, I know, gonna, but if you if you have all those targets that he's leaving, and you have James Conner gone, well, he hasn't signed with back yet or whatever. You just add so many more things for them. This is, this it, is the perfect. My point is no. My point is it wasn't going to go to them. I mean, you can't. You're not going to give them each fifty more targets. It's going to go to. It's going to go other places. They're already getting, I mean, maybe Claypool could go up a little bit, but Johnson's already getting over a hundred targets. And I mean, it's just not going to go up that much, even when Juju does leave, in my opinion. But for Juju, I mean, he's just not an NFL wide receiver one. He's, but for the way that this offense is ran, I mean, 128 targets, 97 receptions, scored nine touchdowns. He fits in. It's good for fantasy wide receiver too. That's where I got him. Number five, top five here. Chris Carson. He's going back to the Seahawks two years, $14.625 million. He finished as the running back 17 last season, and he is back. This is a run first team with Pete Carroll. No matter who the quarterback is, he doesn't care if it's Russell Wilson or not. Pete Carroll is going to run the ball. What do you guys feel about how do you guys feel about Chris Carson? I mean, I think this is the second best place for him. I thought he should have gone to the Atlanta Falcons because I thought I just liked him fit there. But I think Chris Carson, Seattle, he's just gonna be what he was. I mean, didn't he get hurt last year for a couple games too? He missed two. Two, yeah. I well, mean, well, he got taken out of one. He got taken out of two separate games and then he missed one game. I, I think Chris Carson's a RB1 type of guy. I just I like the move. It's simple. Fits the scheme. Yeah. I mean, I wrote an article about him. It's up on our website, fantasy daydream or daydreamermedia.com. We changed it. Daydreamermedia.com. I wrote an article. And if you read that article, you saw that I was wrong on the landing spot because I put that there was no way he was going back to Seattle. I'm sorry about that, but I'm sticking with the rest of my article because in that article, I wrote about how Chris Carson actually was as a player and he's been in RB two high end RB two. And that's where I'm going to have him again this year is a high end RB two. So I, I actually kind of had the same point as you did talking about Pete Carroll. Cause I was thinking like about Russell Wilson and his role in terms of how it reflects on the, the running back. But then I'm like, Oh, that's where the issue is. Cause Pete Carroll doesn't <laughs> care. It's he's a run heavy offense. Uh huh. So it's good for him and that he's going to get the ball and he's going to get touches and all that stuff. Um, I just, I, I like people going other places and I think we've speculated about other places where it might have been better for him to go, Yeah, but this is not a bad place for him to be. And he's still going to be a high end quarterback who should be taken in probably the first two rounds at the latest high end running back. Oh, that's what I meant. Did I say something? Okay. <laughs> you said quarterback. Um, that's okay. Oh. Well, Russell Wilson, that's who I was talking High about. High-end quarterback. <laughs> if Chris Carson isn't drafted in the first two rounds of your draft, please invite me. I'm yeah. down to I'm down to play. 
Sounds sounds like a good opportunity to win some leagues. All right, moving on. Number four, Aaron Jones. He's back on the Panthers. Four years, $48 million. How do you guys feel about him coming back? I mean, he's been an RB1. It's Pan- you said Panthers. It's Packers. I said Panthers? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. about that. Oh, ha-ha. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just want to put everyone on the Panthers tonight for some reason. Talk about Ian Thomas. <laughs> Aaron Jones on the Panthers. No, he's back with the Packers. Um, I mean, he had over 200 touches the last two years. He went over a thousand yards in each of those seasons, had 19 touchdowns in 2019 and 11 touchdowns in 2020. I mean, this is a high powered offense. He's going to be doing the exact same thing that he did last season minus Jamal Williams. So, I mean, if, if AJ Dillon can really come in and take that role, then good for him. But if I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is like the one where it's like he didn't move spots, but I'm the most okay with it because they showed that that offense can be incredibly dynamic. Aaron Rodgers super pissed off after last year's um, draft because they wanted to replace him with a quarterback. Um, (laughs) And he's like, no, no, thank you. Um, I'm going to be angry Raj for most of the year. And they made it to the NFC title based off that how high powered offense with him, Rogers and Devonte Adams. So I think they're okay on the running back end of the spectrum. They might need another backup, but they, they need, I would say probably a good like wide receiver too is something that they're kind of missing. Yes. Um, but they're that offense is so good. Yeah. And absolutely. so it's just, yeah, I'm okay with him staying because he, he'll he do fine. He's an RB1. Yep. All right. I know we're, we're running late here on time, so let's get through these next three. Number three, Curtis Samuel. He's going to the Washington football team. Three years, $34.5 million. He's joining back up with Ron Rivera. And he'll be 25 at the start of the season. So he is still young. We saw what he could do as a wide receiver and running back whenever Christian McCaffrey was injured all last season. So I'm really excited about seeing what Curtis Samuel can do on this Washington football team. I had this as my personal favorite out of, out of these um, top like 15 list Mm -hmm. because as like I saw him and it's like the the last puzzle piece going into place after you spent countless hours building it, <laughs> losing pieces. Maybe your dog ate one. So you had to reorder the entire set and get that one piece from there. So essentially you made two puzzles. It's no, been a long year. With I throw that puzzle away if my dog eats a piece. <laughs> it's not like a whole new puzzle for it either. Like, all right, cool. It's done. No. I completed hey, it. I completed yeah, we, it. We, we've, it's been a long year. Um, so I just he have Mc, Terry McLaurin on the one side, him on the other side. You have Logan Thomas as your tight end. You have um, Gibson as your like straight ahead back. You have McKissick as your passing running back. Mm-hmm. And then the only real thing is Fitzpatrick. But I'm it, it, up on him enough to where it's like their whole offense. I'm very excited about. They just need better protection. And I think this fixes so many issues that they pretend they had last year. I, I love it. I think it's a good move. Uh, I may think it's a little overhyped because I just don't think he's going to be getting as many receptions. I just think he's a really great gadget player who can get receptions. I just don't know if he's going to be consistent enough to be this wide receiver too and be in this great offense. I just think he, he, he will play his role the best he can play it. I just don't know if his role is really that fancy relevant. Because I felt like last year he would have these great games and you wouldn't see him for two, three weeks at a time. And I, and I just think that, yes, he's right. You could, he completes the puzzle piece. I mean, he'll, he'll finally they'll have someone else to throw to other than McLaurin. And Th- Thomas should get better and Gibson should get better. Overall offense is a great football move. I just don't know how great it is for fantasy. So where do you guys have him? Like wide receiver three range? Is he a flex option? Is he he's definitely a flex option? I think I would flex him because the fact is he can catch the ball out of the the backfield. 
and he can get long. I mean, he can break it, break out any play for a long touchdown. Yeah, he's one of my top flex options. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm right there with you. All right, let's move on. Number two, Will Fuller to the Dolphins, one year, ten point six two five million dollars. You guys need to remember that he will miss week one with his suspension, but still draft him. I mean, he's joining Devontae Parker to make this a pretty decent decent wide receiver core. And hopefully Tua takes a step forward this year. Miles Gaskin out of the backfield. Mike Gusecki needs to take another step forward. But there's a lot of young guys here that are are decent players. And so... I'm I'm pretty excited. For me, because I I wrote the article about Will Fuller the fifth mm-hmm. and where I think he should go and like the top five teams that I think he should go, or at least five teams that I think I gave a specific reason for each. That's also on the website, daydreamermedia.com. And I so I'm a little disappointed. Disappointed by him going to Miami. But it is still it is still a move where he's going to he should get a lot of um, like catches and receptions and potentially a lot of touchdowns, because I think once Tua finds like the guy that he's going to throw to, then he's going to throw to that person a lot. Yeah. And I think he probably it would have been better if he went to the Colts. But, you know, that's not things we can't always have things that we want. But I think it's still a decent move. For, for him and for that team specifically. It's a great move for that team. I love it! I was hyped, boy. First of all, this could have been... First, I love Tua, having on my dynasty team. I think Tua is going to have a breakout year this year. Well, Fuller was having his breakout year as a number one until, well, we don't need to talk about what happened. He got suspended. All his extra stuff, right? You know, that meet down in Mexico. Yeah, you know, that's what it was. <laughs> all right? But... This is like a great deep threat. The one thing about Parker is he doesn't separate. No. Fuller separates. And if you're scared about windows being a little bit tighter, which could have happened, right? Because Fist Magic doesn't care. He'll throw it anywhere. But Tua, you need someone who can actually separate. Mm-hmm. And I think this guy is going to be amazing. Now, I think Preston Williams will come back because then he come off of ACL. Yeah. He was coming off his hip injury. I think this offense will be better. The offensive coordinator is fired. That guy looked like he didn't want to on the team. I mean, he really, if you think about that, that guy was signed to coach Fitzmagic. I think Fitzmagic has been under him for six seasons over offensive coordinator on three different teams. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, he didn't want to he was yeah. calling plays way different when two was on the field. Bring on a new offense cleaner. Bring Will Fuller. Will Fuller will be great in this offense. And then he'll get paid next year. I think this is my favorite move of the offseason. All right. Let's move on to our number one on the list. Kenny Jesus. Kenny G. The sax player himself. Kenny Galladay. He's going to the Giants on a four-year, $72 million deal. And you got to remember, he missed a lot of the season last year. He only played in five games. So, I mean, this is, this is a good team. Sterling Shepard will be running out of the slot. I feel, which is where he fits. Darius Slayton field stretcher. Kenny Galladay is a big bodied man. He can go up and get the ball. So Daniel Jones misses on a few throws. Kenny Galladay is going to save him a few times and go get that ball. Saquon Barkley will be back. I think they are trying their hardest to help Daniel Jones out here. They want Daniel Jones to be their guy and they're going to give him everything that they can to make him their guy. Yeah. Like this, besides Will Fuller, this is the guy in this, this, um, this off season free agency that has been like the biggest get out of anybody. Cause he's clearly the number one. There's no doubt about it that he is the, obvious number one there and he is the number one talent as well like he is a number one wide receiver in the nfl right now and so he should get the ball a lot like daniel jones should go to him a lot and unlike um Devontae parker he can separate well and even if he's not separated he can get the ball yeah. while being covered really close i think he has upwards of like in contested catches like 30 something contested catches and that's just 
he's a really good at getting the ball. And if he stays healthy, that team is really good. My only thing is like, it's in the NFC East, which is if you remember um, like a mad TV segment called lowered expectations, that's what I have to have for the, I know it's a deep, that's a deep no. cut. That's a deep cut. Um, it's you Not have a big mad TV type of guy. I'm not going to lie. You have lowered expectations for anybody in the NFC East. Cause all those teams have seem like they have potential to do well. Cause I always keep going back to them, like, Oh, they have this piece, this piece and this. Okay. Then, then it's like still the NFC East. So yeah. I'm never too, too hyped about them. And they're always sort of what you're left with, but still he is a clear number one wide receiver and he should be drafted very early. Brian, how do you feel about Danny Stumbles throwing the ball to Kenny Galladay this you year? You know, okay, so I'm an Eagles fan. But my girlfriend is a Giants fan. Her whole family's a Giants fan. So I look at the Giants a lot. Kenny Galladay, I think, is a better football move than fantasy move. Because Matthew Stafford is so much better than Daniel Jones. But it kind of scares me that he went to his quarterback. Because if you think about it, the, before last year, Kenny Galladay only ever caught 56% of his, uh, his targets, right? That's three, three straight seasons. It's, it's, oh, sorry, 58, 58, 58, 56, and, 50, and 62% was last year. It was his highest. And he only played five games. He's, he goes deep quite often, right? Daniel Jones hits Slayton a few times. I just don't think that this is the best offense for him. Plus, you also have Jason Garrett. Barkley's coming back. They're going to run the ball. Evan Ingram on the team. Sterling Shepard on the team. Slayton will have his – Darius Slayton will have his four games where he has two touchdowns each in those games. That's the only time he ever scores. Right? I am just scared that this isn't the best offense for him. But the Giants as a team, this is a great move overall. And I think KG will, be, will still be a wide receiver one, So, and I'm not afraid of drafting him. I just think there's a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. And why would I trust Daniel Jones? Why would I trust this offense? Why would I trust Jason Garrett? Why would you trust Jason Garrett? I can't answer that one. <laughs> so, but, there's but a my, lot of things my... you can't answer. It's like, why Daniel Jones? Why Jason Garrett? Kenny Dalladay is a great talent. I am just scared. I don't those. think they will be sending him deep as much because you're right. He he go he went deep so much with Detroit, but you have to scheme towards your players. Matthew Stafford could throw the ball deep. Daniel Jones, he can throw it decent, but he's not accurate. So I don't think he will be going as deep as much, meaning that he's going to get catches closer to the line of scrimmage, which means he'll have a higher catch percentage. But that's just my opinion. I mean, that's just uh, for that one for that one point. But you're right. I don't trust Jason Garrett. They Saquon will be back and they will be running the ball more. I mean, they have to. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It's just, I mean, just, I, and I like the moves. I like Kenny Gaudi going to the Giants. First of all, get paid. Great, great job. Go to, go to a good offense. I think this team could be a great offense. I just am, am with all these targets because Barkley can catch the ball better than anyone that Detroit ever had, except, except for Barry Sanders. <laughs> And Reggie Bush for that, like, six games that he had. I had Reggie Bush for that six games. Last thousand-yard rusher for the Lions, <laughs> Reggie Bush. Come on. I just want to say a very cool fact about that Reggie Bush season. I traded him for Le'Veon Bell that year. Did not work out. Stupid move. All right. <laughs> and we'll end the podcast on that, I guess. No, yeah, so to, to wrap up Kenny G, yeah. He's going to, everyone thinks he's going to be wide receiver one. It's just where does he fit within that wide receiver one role for fantasy? Ryan thinks a little bit later. I think right in the middle. Keone, where do you have him? Towards the top, towards the um, middle? I'd say between like five and 10. Yeah, I think that's, I'm right there with you. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We know it, it went long this week. We had a lot of free agents to cover. We had to get through all of them. So, Thank you guys so much for listening. If we didn't go in depth on someone that you wanted us to hear go in depth on, then just hit us up on Twitter at FF Daydreamers or on Instagram at day underscore dreamer media. Give us a follow, ask us a question or tell us who you want us to talk more about. We'll give you a shout out when we go over your question and 
or what have you, you know, just a comment, leave us a five star review on Apple podcasts. Leave us a comment there. It'll really help head over to our website, daydreamermedia.com. Got it right this time. Yeah. We got articles coming out every Friday. You guys got anything else to plug? Be nice to everybody. We're almost, we're almost through this hard time. So just the light is at the end of the tunnel. We sing, appreciate you. Should have saying this. The sun will come out tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> I have a constant sun theme throughout this podcast. Stay safe. Thank you guys so much. We got to 100 followers on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys. Just remember, stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. And tell your friends about us. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming.